0: And uh, turn in your Bibles to Philippians three, twelve through fourteen. It's a short pericope this time, but full. Let me tell you, plenary, which means full. So Philippians chapter three, <coughs> verses twelve through fourteen. Hear God's word. Not as though I had already attained; either were already perfect. indeed fill us with a deep and abiding gratitude for your having apprehended us apprehended us through your son jesus christ from sin and from satan and from the world and having placed us lovingly and and gently and savingly in your family and lord as we sang, how may we be used, how may we serve you, Lord, even as you have served us. Help us to this end, in Christ's name, amen. Reaching for the prize, picture, contest such as the Olympics, that's the premier one, and uh, the effort that is exuded by those who strive to win first place, not second or any other place, but first place. The Christian life is a race, is what is essentially being said by the Apostle Paul here. Now, while there are many other runners in it, you're running alone. I'm running alone. And isn't that really true of any race when you run? Unless, perhaps, if you want to talk about a relay race. But but even there, you're running alone, too. And it's not who will come first, at least not in this kind of race. Nevertheless, the goal is to cross the finish line. And here's instruction to run for God. And the first is the starting blocks starting blocks. Verse 12, I'll reread it. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. When he says I follow after, it's the word pursue. Pursue. When he says apprehend it means lay hold of. like When the policeman apprehends you takes you into the judge. We never arrive in the Christian life in this life. That's not what this is saying. That's glory when we do. It's important, however, to know in our running the Christian race how we got started, how we got in the race in the first place. It started when Jesus Christ came from heaven. To seek and to save that which is lost. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And pursue me he did over hill and dale, like that wandering sheep that I am, such as what is described in a poem, yea, a hymn, that we are familiar with. The shepherd sought his sheep. The father sought his child. They followed me over vale and hill over deserts, waste and wild. They found me nigh to death, famished and faint and lone. They bound me with the bands of love. They saved the wandering one. Isn't that you and me who are in Christ? To apprehend them, like I said, like the police coming after a criminal. And by the way, in many ways, we show ourselves to be very much like that. Like Christ did Saul of Tarsus, who is the one, of course, giving this epistle. Alexander McLaren wrote the following. He said, quote, I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. That is how Paul thinks of what we call his conversion. He would never have turned unless a hand had been laid upon him. A strong loving grasp had gripped him in the midst of his career of persecution. All that he had done was to yield to that grip and not to wiggle out of it. I like that. <laughs> we're a bunch of wiggle worms, you know. <laughs> when the Lord got hold of Paul, when he was still Saul, the brother had two questions. And you have to turn to Acts 9, 4 and following to, to, to know what those two questions were. Two questions in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 4. 4-6, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, art thou, Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks." Oh, he said that, right? The Lord did. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise. And go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Question one. Who are you, Lord, that I might believe in you? After which comes the next question. After one comes to faith. After one comes to know the living Savior. After one comes to recognize Jesus Christ and One's need of Him in your life, Lord, how can I serve you? Those are those, the faith or the coming to faith, can be summarized in these two questions: Who are you, Lord? And after you get converted, Lord, how can I serve you? Especially one who has served me so well, who has ransomed me from death and from the grip of Satan. And has given me life, even life everlasting. How can I serve you? So, what about Jesus? What about our Savior? In Hebrews 12, 2, it speaks about what he did in summary. In Hebrews 12, 2. looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy, the cross, the shame. Bittersweet, is it not? This is the death of a loved one. Even of, and especially of one in the Lord. Bittersweet. Because on the one hand, we know that he's in a better place. And yet, it's very, very bitter for us whom he leaves behind or she leaves behind. Bitter cross. Bitter shame. Yet sweet joy. Why? Because he did it for his Heavenly Father. And he finished the work that he was tasked to do and sweet for God's children who benefit from His love. So after you come to know Him and His saving grace and love for you, you want to serve Him with that same determination with which He pursued after your precious soul and mine. Do you not? Do we not? It says earlier in this uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, there are those that preceded us, described in chapter 11, a whole train of, of saints, patriarchs and the like, and even some who weren't, who are just the dregs of this earth like, like the rest of us, okay? Brought into the kingdom of God by His dear Son, Let us, on that basis of of having that, precede us. And and might I also add, they're looking down upon us as we are in this race. And uh, they are like in the stadium of heaven. Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight, whatever it is that is weighing us down from doing God's will. Let's stop making excuses for ourselves as we are all prone, and I'm including myself, to do and the sin which does so easily beset us. There's always some sin or another that does easily beset us, that, that just seems to trip us up. It's like that stone in the shoe or that hole in the road, you, like that, and down you go, right? Lay it aside. Lay it aside, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It's a long race. You need patience, right? It's like a marathon. You don't just run full steam like in a 100-yard dash when you run the marathon, do you? And some of you know who run. (laughs) Yeah, you still run. I'm speaking of one in particular that comes to my mind that's a runner. And while you're doing that, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one who has put you in the race, and he's the one who's going to enable you to finish the race. Without him, you can do nothing. So pace yourself looking to him as your example and looking to him for your strength and for your endurance and for your wherewithal to run this race. And I tell you, I I, I love to run, but it is hard, I tell you. And it gets harder as you get older. (laughs) Two, the race itself, brethren. Verse 13. Brethren, I count myself to have not, sorry, let me start over. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, taken hold of, but this one thing I do for those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And by the way, what is it that we are apprehending? We are apprehending Christ. We are apprehending holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Christ-likeness by which we are to emulate the one whom we follow perfect sa- sanctification that's the goal so when you run your race you run with everything you got it says in 1 Corinthians 9 that First Corinthians 9 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 Know ye not that they which run in the race run all. See, they run with everything they got, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. You're running to be first place. All of us need to run to be first place so that in the end, there will be all first place winners, right? Yeah, we can have many first place winners in this race. So that means what? Stay focused. Stay focused. Don't get distracted. Don't start to look around and see the lilies, you know, and the, and the, and the, and the poppies and uh, the rabbit that scurries across the path. And, oh, oh, you know. Um, it's tough, let me tell you, to stay focused, isn't it? Can you imagine what it takes for those who train for the Olympics to stay focused? When they start them off, especially parents who want their kids to be in the Olympics, you know, huh, man, huh this is really, unless you're, you've got a gifted child, please don't. Put your child through that ordeal, okay? Because uh, not all are gifted. But if you have such a situation, imagine the training, the years, decades sometimes that it takes. It goes on to say in verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. You can't run any other way. So fight I not as one that beateth the air. This is like a, a shadow boxer. That's fighting his own shadow and not in the ring. You can't, you don't do that. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. That's what it takes. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. There was a time when I thought the castaway is what we see in the dictionary, the Bible dictionary, which says... Put on a shelf well it does mean that in the sense that you're out to pasture you're no longer in service and, and that by your own volition in most cases I mean even if you're if you're not well and if you've had a, a life of service to Christ you're still serving Christ you never stop being a servant of the Lord you never retire from service to Christ But what that means, part of what it means to be focused, to stay focused, is that you don't look back. I talked about the sides. Especially back. Like he says, like Paul says. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forget about them. Definitely forget about your sins because if they're covered under the blood and they're as far away from you and from God as the east is from the west, you can afford to forget them. And especially, don't dredge them up and have a pity party when things go sour, when you do begin to get distracted. That's not good. Not good for your health. It's not glorifying to God. Might I add also. But you don't look back Because many, a race has been lost simply by someone, a runner, doing that. Especially in this race. As our Lord, when he said, no man having put his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Disqualified. Would you like to be disqualified? So forget the past. Keep reaching forward. Keep moving on. And as you enter the home, stretch. And that's not just when you get old like me, okay? It could be whenever God calls you. Stretch toward the finish line. Stretch to cross that finish line. Give your all to Jesus. Give your all to him who gave you his all. Yes, you're in a race with others, as I've said, but not against others. Your race, if anything, is against yourself. Let me have us look at 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Run away from them and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Those are the things we should be after. Things that are honoring to God, pleasing in His sight, edifying to others around us, and especially a world that has no examples to turn to. They have no one to turn to. But if we can be Somewhat, or a kind of example of that, of Christ, how that raises the level of hope of those around us, and perhaps even causes us to have their ear and tell them about the exceeding great love of God. But it doesn't stop there. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So there you are. And then lastly, we come to the finish line. Verse 14 of our passage in Philippians chapter 3. I press toward the mark. That is the goal, the finish line. That's what that means. For the prize of the high calling of God is, in Christ Jesus. And by the way, it is a high calling because it is upward. It is heavenly work, but also it is uphill. It doesn't get easy, but even harder. But God who has equipped you early on in your life. God who has made you to be a babe in Christ to drink milk. Begins to give you solid food. And as you ingest that and as you continue your, your workout, your race, and your strengthening you are even more fit for the course so that those uh, latter end trials and tribulations that you endure, you will be able, you'll be enabled, you'll be empowered to overcome them through the blood of the cross by the Spirit of the living God so that nothing can hold you down, no besetting sin, no sinful lifestyle will capture your heart and take you away and destroy you you will be strong in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. The goal is in the going. The prize is in the pursuing. Jesus pleases Heavenly Father. That's our example. For He said, and He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please Him. Is This is us. Do you and I please God like it says in Hebrews 11, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'll give you an example. You remember Eric Liddell, or Lydell, little, little, little. Remember the movie, Chariots of Fire, the British runner, who wouldn't work, who wouldn't work, who wouldn't play run on the Lord's Day. In the 1924 Olympics, he wouldn't. He refused. And yet, God granted him a dispensation to be able to run in the Olympics and to win. Oh, those people knew. And they made accommodations, let me tell you, because they knew this man could fly. (laughs) and They wanted to see him do that. But that was not Eric's motivation, but his love for Christ. And his willingness to do it lawfully. This is later on in it's called The Last Race. It recounts how, as a missionary, he died in a Japanese internment camp in China. Matthew Henry said this: He said, There's no getting to heaven as our home, but by Christ as our way. True believers, in seeking this assurance, as well as to glorify him, will seek more nearly to resemble his sufferings and in death by dying to sin, and by crucifying the flesh with its affections and lusts. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Don't set your affections on things on earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with God in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you appear with Him in glory. In conclusion, are you reaching for the prize which is in Christ Jesus? Hebrews 10 34 and 35 will summarize this last question. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, help us in our running the race of our lives. Yes. Christian race, the Christian life. And Lord that we may run it and run it with our all because you are worthy. You are worthy who has put us in this race and who has given to us heaven as our finish line. And Lord there's nothing nothing between here and there to stop us because if God before us Who can be against us? And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing shall separate us from your love, which we pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, let's now sing our last hymn of praise, shall we? And that's 727. And stand as we sing this hymn, 727.